This is the Take Your Meds podcast, your safe space to explore how you can brighten up your life from the inside out. We're diving deep into the different medicine millennials take to turn their light on. Season one gives some insights into how you can navigate your quarter life crisis and find the confidence to be your authentic self. On this episode, I sit down with my beautiful friend and mentor, Rawinia Judson. Listen in to hear how breathwork and writing turns into medicine. Kia ora everybody and welcome back to the Take Your Meds podcast. I'm sitting down today with one of the most inspirational women I know, Rawinia Judson. Rawinia and I met many, many lifetimes ago, dancing late at night, probably at Static, but we didn't know that we were dancing late at night at Static on the same dance floor. Um, And then we reconnected probably two years ago. Um, I'm not exactly sure how I found you, but we ended up going for a walk around the lake. And then I ended up doing some coaching with Rawinia and it literally transformed my life in the most insane way. Yeah, it was life-changing. So it's a real honor and privilege to have you on the podcast and to actually dive into this topic with a woman who has been a muse for me in my transformation and self-healing journey. So thank you and kia ora. How are yeah. you? How do I even, um, where do I even begin from that? Thank you. Honestly, that was one of the most beautiful introductions I have ever received. Um, so thank you. Um, it is such an honor for me to be here. Um, this is a conversation that I feel is so important. I just really honor you and who you are in this world so deeply. You inspire me mm. and you reflect back so much to me. And yeah, I'm just really grateful that we get to have this conversation. So thank you for having me here. Of course, of course. So the reason why I brought you onto the podcast, I think I'm definitely been in the depths of like the transformation for me after working together around like the the feminine and masculine energies dancing together and and I just feel like the space that we shared together was really really powerful to just really honor and recognize that and so yeah I just wanted to acknowledge you for that because that's been the foundation to transform my entire life so for those listening the feminine and masculine energies is is definitely something that I want to encourage you to have a look at if it's something that you're curious about Um, especially if you're someone who loves to achieve and have a lot of outputs and do a lot and be quote-unquote busy and overwhelmed Taipei personalities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, reformed Taipei. Reformed, yeah, recovering Taipei. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just want to create a space for you to introduce yourself and ask you if you could do that with your pronouns. Mm, mm, yeah. Love this question. Um, pronouns that I use are she, her. And how would I introduce myself today? Uh, This is something ever-evolving and something that is ever-changing. And the reason being is that I am a person who very much likes to uncover what is truth for me and that shifts and changes as my awareness expands which means that also too how I choose to identify myself in this world also shifts and changes Mm. 
So right now, um, how I would identify who I am and what I would do is I am a writer and I like to use the word guide versus coach or mentor or anything like that. So a guide, I help guide people home to themselves, to who they are, to their truth through different modalities, through different tools, through showing them how to connect deeper with themselves mm. and with God, source, spirit. So, mm. yeah, outside of that, I love coffee. <laughs> I love spending time with my four-year-old niece. Mm. She is my biggest teacher. I love being at the beach being with friends and family people are really important to me so yeah beautiful beautiful and it's definitely something that I have witnessed over the last two years of connecting with you is is your ability to really do the inner work and like let go of everything that you saw as truth at a particular time so that the new can come in. And I think that that's like a really admirable space that you hold because very few people are willing to be uncomfortable letting go of everything that they know to be true um, in the face of a rebuild. Yeah. So I just want to honor you for that because that's Honestly, it's uncomfortable, you know. Um, it took me how long? Like 28 years mm. to learn this as a skill set because I actually truly believe it's a skill set. Mm -hmm. And once you learn how to let go, it becomes a little bit more easier over time mm. but when you're being so used to holding on and clinging and that's all you know letting go of something that is not serving you that's not supporting you for your highest good or for your growth and your expansion it is so confronting and mm. scary and honestly I so get it and for me, it literally had to take my whole world crumbling around me for me to like learn how to let go. Wow. Literally had to have God or spirit like sh shouting at me almost. Mm. <laughs> Being like, you're not listening to me in all areas of my life for me to be like, what are you doing? Like, this is not working. Like, you're trying to make this work. Mm. and it's not and I was almost like forced to let go it was like God's intervention really wow and was that something in your outer world was that like everything outside of you crumbling yeah it was like my career my relationship so at the time I'd been in a relationship with my then partner for about two years and it really wasn't a healthy relationship I loved him deeply I still have a lot of love for him but we weren't great together you know in truth it, you know we reflected back a lot of wounds to one another and it wasn't healthy that's one aspect of it and then the other aspect was the career that I was in so I worked in retail at the time in a leadership position and I was trying to work my way up within the business and I kept getting hit with roadblock after roadblock after roadblock and it was all these things that were happening in my external world where I kept getting hit with roadblocks and I kept asking myself like this this is what I want but why is this not working and I was really trying to 
force everything mm. to work for me and control everything around me and I had to let go of it all. Wow. And how was your well-being at that time? Honestly, my well-being was not good. So I was depressed. I would say that I was at the height of probably one of my, like probably one of the worst in terms of how I'd felt. Like I was mm. having suicidal ideation. Mm. Um, it was really, really bad. My health was really bad as well as a result. I was suffering from a lot of physical symptoms, which were really what I now know as emotional, spiritual symptoms coming up to the surface to reveal themselves to me, to get me to listen. But I just wasn't listening. So, mm. you know, my physical health, my mental health, my emotional health was trying to speak to me. Mm. And yet I was just so stuck on, but isn't this what you want? Like, you know, this is the life that I want and why is it not working? And I was just so like consumed and trying to make it work mm. because I thought that like I wasn't going to have anything else better, mm. really. That wow. this was it. Wow. And so it was hard to let it go because that's all that there was in your mind at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't see anything outside of that, especially to do with relationship. I was like, oh, you know, I'm not going to find anyone else. I'm sure a lot of you all listening can relate to that, especially when it comes to relationship, that belief that if we leave a person, that, you know, we're not going to be gifted you know, this experience of being loved by another again, I really believed that so deeply, which mm. I, again, now know to not be true. Um, and then even with my work as well, um, you know, I did not, there's a part of me that believed in myself. However, like I had listened to the opinions of other people in my life more than I listened to my inner belief and my inner knowing. Mm. And so those opinions were the things that I then made to be true. And instead of listening to this voice inside of me that told me that I could be more or there was more to what it was that I could offer the world. Wow. Holy moly. Okay, so we've gone from that space to literally re like establishing yourself in a whole new way who you are now is nowhere near that what were the levers what were the moments that made you realize or give you the motivation to explore the alternative like what happened that led you to want to believe your inner wisdom more than what was going on outside of you? Mm. Um, well, first off, I just want to preface that I actually did not make the decision to leave my relationship. So my partner ended the relationship, which I am actually so grateful for. Mm. Like at the time I was distraught Um but I'm so grateful that he actually had the courage to end the relationship because from there, that's when I really started to listen to what I'd always known mm -hmm. and then have the courage to, you know, hand in my resignation from to my work and go after what it was that I'd always wanted to do. So you know, the very first part was listening to my heart, really. Like, it's something I'd always wanted to really do. And I had so many people telling me that, you know, that doesn't make sense or why would you do that or, 
you know, this is going to be the outcome, very much fear mindset, right? And I'd always just believe that. I was like, no, I feel like my heart knows best. Like all this logic is not working for me. <sighs> and trying to understand what my heart is, trying to understand what my intuition is. And so for me, it was trying to learn what that was slowly before I, you know, resigned before I really kind of took this really big leap of faith and listen to this like inner knowing that we all have it's that the, the little voice inside your head that is so peaceful mm. so sure mm. it's telling you that this situation is not right for you or perhaps this person isn't right for you and it might not make logical sense, mm. but it's there to support you and it's there to guide you. And when you start to learn and when you start to listen to it, that's when the miracles in your life really, truly start to unfold. So mm. that was the very beginning for me um, in making you know, the decision to leave my career and it, I want to say it wasn't easy, but it also was like, I've always been a dreamer. Like mm. I've always just believed that there had to be more to life than what it was. Like as much as I said earlier, as like, I couldn't see there was like this, this belief or this knowing inside of me that like, surely life doesn't have to be this miserable. You know mm -hmm. how people say that this is just how life is and this is just what it means to be, like, in a relationship or this is just what, you know, your job looks like. I always just like, no. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> and I don't know what that looks like, but I don't believe you and mm. I'm going to find my way. Wow. Even if it means I'm fumbling along in the dark. Mm, wow. So much courage. And especially when you can't necessarily see what will be there when you say no to the bullshit. You're like in such a trusting of vision. You're so trusting of a belief that there is something better waiting for you on the other side if you can let go. And I think that's just so inspirational because I, I know so many people like just totally ignore, suppress, neglect that little voice and push it to the side because there is a payoff in continuing on in the bullshit. There is a payoff mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of courage to see what that payoff is and say, actually, I know that I can be of service in a bigger way, in a different way that doesn't have this dysfunction playing out internally and externally, mm, mm. which is really, really huge. And I think such an, such an inspiration for people to really know that it doesn't matter if, if that inner voice is saying, go follow the dream you had as a child or, leave that relationship or go and start that creative project, you know, like there's something so freaking magical in that if we could just believe and trust. So yeah, you're such an inspiration for that. And that you continue to do that over and over again as mm. well. I'm curious to dive into how that pattern has repeated for you and where you've been able to follow that create something different, build something new for yourself and then find new levels of understanding and truth and wisdom from those places to let that all crumble so that something else can be built again. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely in terms of the pattern, like I also just want to start by saying that in the beginning, learning to trust that inner knowing and learning to trust your intuition like you will potentially be met with a lot of doubt um, and a lot of resistance because what you're trying to do is you're trying to 
create a new way of being and create a new pattern and a new behavior Mm. and so like in the beginning probably for at least a minimum of six months to a year for myself personally I would fall back into doubt I would fall back into disbelief I would fall back into not trusting and so this is something that really you know I was met with frequently Mm -hmm. through that time and it was only through continuing to listen to my heart and my Mm -hmm. inner guidance and my inner knowing even through all of that that this trust was built so Mm -hmm. it's not like an overnight process Mm -hmm. It's yes. like this is a good purpose. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to say that. It's not like, oh cool, I'm gonna go do this thing and I'm gonna I'm gonna trust and I'm gonna let go of this thing and then I'm magically gonna have this trust. It's like a no, process. it's a process. It's like devotion and that daily act of leaning into listening to mm. your intuition and following that. Um So that was very much like the beginning of it all. Mm. And then in terms of following the pattern, what I could see as a result was that my awareness to life and what's possible just really started to open the more that I let go Mm. and the more that I trusted and followed what was on my heart. Mm. Like... I invited in so much more flow, so much more ease. And, you know, the biggest gift that's come out of it is learning to be okay within the chaos and okay within the unknown. And, you know, I feel with today's time, with so much that is happening outside of us externally, so much changing there is constant change in the world when we can trust our inner knowing and our inner guidance it really provides us with a really strong foundation Mm. in terms of feeling just safe despite Mm. what's happening outside around us so um Am I just that answer your question? This is just a divine channeling of truth. <laughs> um, yeah, in terms of like the pattern, I think for me it was just noticing, okay, like, is this working for me? Like, yes. And also too, noticing when fear came in. And asking myself, like, is this fear, rational fear? You know, is it logical fear? Because when we've only known one way to be true, that's what feels safe for us. And when we're trying to create this new pattern and this new behavior, our brain will constantly pull us back into that place of safety. And so what you're trying to do through the process is create a new level of safety, which is something Mm. that happens over time. Mm. It's small things every single day that build that trust and that safety. Yeah. I'm really curious. The word trust is just really like alive. And I'm curious about how you've cultivated that trust within, especially when this is something I noticed after navigating my quarter life crisis, um, was just like, I noticed and got awareness that I was very rarely in my body or that I was very rarely able to sit with myself without a phone, without a movie, without friends, without something going on, without work, you know, like, and when I realized that I was like, oh my goodness, like this I need to do something about that. I need to be able to, it felt like that was something I was being called to do was to learn to sit and be with myself and be able to be okay with what was going on inside. And I think what I discovered is that the reason why I wasn't doing that was because when I really sat with myself, I realized I was so out of alignment. And so 
and that I hadn't been trusting myself and I didn't have self-trust and that I think the there's like an entirely other conversation around like how we're looking at mental illness and I think that's maybe a conversation for another day <laughs> but I'm curious about how you cultivated that self-trust and what a practice or a ritual or a um, process looks like for you in those earlier days mm, through to what that is mm, like now? Mm, I love this question so much. Um, and, you know, just acknowledging you sharing how you notice that that's what you needed to do for yourself. And I can so relate. Like, I think of the time where I was just literally so in my head and so disconnected from my body Mm. that I could not sit with myself Mm. at all. And when I consider mental, emotional health, our ability to sit with ourselves free from distraction and noise is the greatest gift that you can give yourself. Mm. And... It's scary in the beginning yeah. stages, right? Oh, my gosh. I remember how scary it was. Mm-hmm. Even just, like, putting a pen to a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I can't. I've got to go. Mm-hmm. I need to go mm-hmm. and get busy again. Mm-hmm. It was too yeah. much. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of the beginning stages, honestly, what really supported me was to have someone be there for me and guide me mm. and what that looked like was coaches and mentors or friends Mm -hmm. and or you know like a therapist like that really helped provide me with a safe space to open because I didn't feel safe with myself Mm -hmm. like I didn't honestly feel safe with myself I didn't trust myself especially with the relationship I had with my emotions and so Mm. during those early stages I needed someone there to be a pillar and a strength for me yeah for me to slowly open to not only like exposing these emotions right that had been so suppressed and so repressed and actually allowing myself to feel them and let them out um but also to to start to build some trust with myself because my entire life, like I was taught that my emotions were too much, that they were too big, that, you know, it's like, no, like don't cry, don't get upset, all of those things that I feel like a lot of you can relate to. So I just suppressed them all. Mm. And so... For me, feeling my emotions was scary because I've been told my whole life that they were wrong. Mm. But they're not Mm. at all. They're the most beautiful thing that we have as humans, I feel, Mm. because they reveal so much, like, you know, I look at our emotions as like a guiding system, really, mm. in terms of like where we are out of alignment. Mm. How do you safely allow those emotions to start being processed so that you can find that trust to sit with yourself and find comfort in the discomfort so that it becomes a practice that you can do in a really um, comforting way? Mm. Mm. One of the simplest tools um, that I've found for myself is putting on some music that generates a feeling or pulls up some kind of feeling that amplifies a feeling that you can kind of feel that's just below the surface Mm -hmm. Um, and allowing yourself to feel 
what's coming through in the music and sit with yourself, be it in your room or, you know, if you don't want to do it in your room because there's people around in your car or, you know, wherever that might be and really just allowing the music to move you and allow you to feel and cry if you need to cry as an example. Mm. Uh, that has been one of the most healing things mm. for me beautiful it's just having that space to feel it release it let it go and not necessarily having any attachment to what it means either mm. you know I think that's a really big thing when it comes to processing emotions you know a lot of us believe that we have to know why we're sad or where did that come from or what childhood memory is that feeling attached to or past life memory or whatever you choose to believe in. And sometimes we don't need to even do yes. that. We just need to feel it, let it go, and then move on and yes. get on with life, you know? Yes. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. This is such an important <laughs> message. This changed my life. This is powerful. Yeah. And to just feel it and not judge it. Yeah. 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 So much suffering comes from the judgment of the emotion rather than just letting the emotion be. Yeah. And that we're authoring that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's really powerful. That's really powerful. And something that you 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 do, you know, it's not something you talk about doing. You mm. embody this, you know, and that's really beautiful, especially as someone that guides people. Mm. I kind of want to go back to the rituals. It's yeah. still like sitting with me. Okay. I'm curious, like in those earlier stages, what those rituals look like for you for cultivating self-trust. Mm-hmm. And what your journey has been like, what other tools or techniques yeah. you've used over the years to build yeah. that? Yeah. So this is one of them. So the one that I just shared, and I would say perhaps the most life-changing thing for me has been writing. Mm. I wrote from, I want to say, a very, very early age. 21 so it's not that young but um (laughs) writing has been a really beautiful way for me to unpack my emotions and make sense of my emotions and and then listen to what my inner knowing and my intuition has been telling me so Mm. writing be that through journaling writing be that through feeling the emotion that it is that I'm currently feeling in that moment and expressing it through creation of art so you know as an example like if I'm feeling something as a result of potentially something someone said to me and I'm feeling quite triggered by it you know, going into that emotion, feeling that emotion in my body and asking myself, you know, what would someone that I love say to me in this moment? What would God, source, spirit say to me to show me that I'm loved, to show me that you know I'm not a bad person that everything is going to be okay to learn how to forgive myself to learn how to be compassionate for myself so what are the words that I needed to hear in that moment in that experience or even right now Mm. that's been a really massive I would say tool, healing balm. Mm, healing balm. Yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, for me, um, dance, dance, dance has always been there um, in the early stages. Just really, again, music, like music is so powerful. Mm. And it's something that I had have always known my entire life. And You know, as you said, like, men in the floors of static probably, but don't remember it. Like, music has always moved me. Mm. It's always been something that I felt inside my soul. And so 
Oh, you yes. know, um, in the early stages, I went to like a ecstatic dance and I just saw these people so free and I was just like, you know, looking at these people, admiring them, like completely sober and not having had any alcohol. And I would never have, uh, you know, considered that that was possible. Like I used to believe that I'd had to have a drink or a few drinks to dance and it was one of the most liberating experiences that I'd like had in those early stages was just to allow myself to feel the music and let the music move me Mm. as opposed to me trying to dance a specific way and look a specific way Mm. And the healing power within allowing the music to move you. Mm. Yes, that is so profound. Mm. That is so beautiful. And to be able to, like, surrender to that and actually do it. Because I feel like there's people that are like, oh, my gosh, you know, ecstatic dance, that sounds amazing. But And, like, something that I'd find so freeing, but not quite bring themselves to a space to be able to do it. And I think it's just so beautiful to see how you notice these nudges or these like um, callings into different things and that you trust and surrender and follow through and do Mm. and the healing that comes from that. And what a beautiful gift of trusting the unknown to bring exactly what it was that you needed or was desiring in that moment to, empower you to expand your consciousness and your understanding and your calling really Mm. and to find more alignment with that because of that self-healing which Mm. is just so beautiful Mm. um I feel really cool to just share something actually mm. so you know if you consider a lot of the tools that I've shared they're quite expressive Mm. and um you know what I believe the opposite of depression is, is expression. And so, you know, when I consider a number of the things that have been so healing for me in my journey is it's been an expression of my soul. It's been an expression of, you know, my life force energy, that creativity. And so it's really, when I look at it, expression and creativity has been, the truly healing thing for me. Wow. Wow, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. And so for people listening, they're like, okay, yep, I feel like I'm being called to express myself in a new way, in a different way, or I'm feeling called to show up in a new way. I'm done with this way of being what would be the one thing that they could do to really start that journey and that process in your experience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's connecting to your I call it like your little your little inner child Mm. and like what is something that your inner child always wanted to do? Because mm. I feel like, you know, this is kind of connecting into using joy and using play as a form of healing, right? It's like you look at little kids and how free they <laughs> are. and just how connected they are and joyful they are and how expressive they are you know the the way that I see it is like if I connect in with myself like my inner child knows exactly what it is that I need and usually it's you know singing at the top of my lungs even though I might not sound amazing but it is so healing for me and I get so much joy out of it Mm. similarly like dancing to music and using that so yeah what is it that your inner child is always 
wanted to do or found joy in or just really love like you know being out in nature if I look at my four-year-old niece like she asks me all the time can we go to the beach can Mm. we go for a walk Mm. you know that's her connection time that's Mm. her healing balm so it's like what is it that your inner child or your you know little four-year-old version of yourself always wanted to do because back then you knew what you needed Mm. and then we became disconnected from that Mm. and we stopped allowing ourselves to even you know be that version of ourselves and express that version of ourselves and we became so caught up in being an adult which Mm. you know yes we need to be an adult because you know we do have responsibilities and children know more than us (laughs) just gonna put it out there (laughs) (laughs) yep yep so that would be my suggestion beautiful yeah really beautiful and I think the the one big unlearning for me as I've kind of gone through the last couple of years is I think that there was this belief there that life wasn't fun or like I couldn't have fun or find pleasure and joy like there was this belief system that got picked up of like life is hard you got to work hard you got to you know, all these complex social environmental challenges are hard. You know, I personally feel really called in that space to be part of the solution to um, some of the big challenges of our time. And how might we do that in a way that is fun and pleasurable? And that really was a process for me about connecting with my inner child and discovering that, I love painting with paints and I don't give a flying fuck how it turns out. Like I don't judge it. And I've unlearned, like it actually doesn't matter what it looks like. It's like this beautiful process of I get to sit here with paint and paper and just create, and it doesn't need to be anything other than fun. And I'm curious for you in that journey of like, What's been the biggest, could you identify the biggest unlearning you've had in transitioning through the space of reconnecting with yourself, reconnecting with your inner child, creativity and expression? What for you could you pinpoint down to like the one most transformational unlearning? Oh my gosh, that's a big question. Um... Uh, I'm just going to go with what came through to begin with um, is the biggest unlearning is that we need to monetize our creativity. Mm, Wow. And, And that our creativity, again, like that there is an outcome that comes from it, that it needs to be productive, that, you know, I think that is something that I see quite a lot of and something that I definitely have, um, you know, come up against multiple times throughout my journey. Like if I think about creativity, the times that I have tried to turn it into work, it has pulled all the joy out of it for Mm. me because I'm no longer creating for myself and for the joy of it, I'm creating for someone else. Mm. And it's about someone else instead of about me and connection to myself. And so I feel like that's been the biggest unlearning for me is that actually my creativity just gets to be for me and it gets to be art and if someone enjoys it beautiful and if someone does want to pay me for it amazing but I'm not creating for someone else Mm. there's not this outcome in mind Mm. it's not about prostituting 
Mm. My life force energy sucking my creativity out of me for this thing. Because mm. if you just look at how I hate, I hate you, I hate generalizing, I'm being really honest, I hate generalizing and, and saying these things, but I'm going to as an example. It's like if you just look at how society currently is constructed it our value is placed on what we produce and our value is placed is placed on you know essentially what it is that we achieve and so that has been the biggest unlearning for me through the process is that my worth and my value is not based on how much it's how much I'm producing what it is that I'm putting out into the world Mm. and you know, all of these things. So, yeah. That's powerful. Your value is innate. Yes. Yes, it is. It's inherent. It is inherent. It is your birthright. It is your birthright, yeah. Mm. That's really, really powerful. Even that message, like, that is, (laughs) that could be a whole podcast. I feel like especially with millennials and young adults, like coming through those belief systems and really believing that their identity is connected directly to what they do and that their self-worth is generated by their contribution or their impact or their title or things like that. And I think this is just a really beautiful reminder for you listening that your value is innate and it is not connected to what you produce, mm-hmm. how hard you work, how many hours in a week you've given, you know, how many lives you've touched. It's just you. I was going to say, it's just you. It's just who you are. It's just who you're being in this world. Yeah. And there's something you said to me actually, or I don't know if I read it, you'd posted it or something, but it was like, just showing up as you can be really healing for other people. Mm -hmm. And that's just by showing up as you and like being you, Mm -hmm. not doing something you're like engaged in, like Mm -hmm. work or volunteering or parenting or whatever, but just showing up as yourself and being with people can be really healing. And I, that's always stuck with me Mm -hmm. because it's like, wow, it's not in my doing. It's actually in my being that yeah 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 I'm like I definitely know that that's something that I share and that I say and that I truly believe is Mm. that you know your presence and who you are can change your room Mm. you know change those around you literally just from you being you it's like you don't actually have to it's not about what you're doing it's not about you know, the tool or the technique or whatever it is. It's just you. That's so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. That's just, yeah. I just feel like this is such an important conversation. I feel like we've touched on so many different things that can be so supportive. And I just want to encourage people who are listening to not just listen to this podcast, but perhaps invite you to take a minute afterwards and sit down and really be with yourself and be with what you've discovered and see what's really resonated and what's really stuck for you and perhaps talk to a friend or talk to a mentor or reach out to someone for some support and see how you might pick up and try on something that is really speaking to you because there's been a lot of golden nuggets in this. Mm. (laughs) This has been really beautiful. Mm. Mm. Do you have any last pieces of insight or guidance or inspiration um, that you want to share as we come to a close? Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like sharing with you who is listening just to take what resonates and leave the rest. I feel like this is something that has been really pertinent for me in my own journey and really trusting that you have all the answers inside of you so Mm. even what it is that I've just shared and you're like no that's not for me Mm. like trust that 
know that inside of yourself to be true because you are the expert in your own life, like not me, not anyone else outside of you. And so this again ties into like what we were speaking about in the beginning is just trust that in a knowing that whatever it is that you get out of this, it might be one thing, it might be two things that that's what's for you and the rest of it just to just to leave it mm. because not everything is going to be for you and to you know really be discerning with what it is that you do choose to you know implement but also to at the same time having the curiosity to explore something different mm. Oh, beautiful. This has just been such an amazing experience. And I just want to honor you for speaking your truth and being vulnerable and going to places and sharing experiences and insights that have supported you on your journey. And you've, you've gone deep, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And for anyone listening, I really want to encourage you to check out Lawinia Judson on Instagram. Whatever she's offering. (laughs) If you're feeling the nudge or the core, I cannot recommend working with her enough. Um, If there's something in this conversation that sparks something for you, I just really want to encourage you to reach out, see what she's got on the table and see if it aligns for you because she is an incredible warrior of truth a warrior of light and an incredible guide um, into new spaces and places that bring so much peace and healing so if you're feeling the nudge follow it oh my gosh Gemma (laughs) I have no words (laughs) that doesn't happen often so um Thank you. Thank you, sister. I just love and appreciate you so deeply. Of course. Love and appreciate you. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I had so much fun. I hope you did too. And I'll see you on the next one. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in and thanks to our special guest. This is your chance to take a moment for yourself and really reflect on what's landed for you over this episode. Yep, right now. Pull over in the car, stop working, take a minute and write it down and turn that into one actionable goal so that you can integrate and apply what's come to light in this episode into your life. If you're picking up what we're putting down, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button to be the first to hear when the next squeeze of Audible Juice is live in a new app. If you have a topic you'd like to hear more about, please slide into my DMs on Instagram. See you next time. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.